Welcome to Hunting Stories, brought to you by Late to the Game Outdoors. Everyone loves a good story, and hunters have some of the best. Our whole mission is to collect and share great stories from hunters just like you, to entertain and keep you motivated all year long. So, pull up a seat around the campfire, because here we go. What's up, guys? Hey, this episode of the podcast is going to be a little different than usual because I recently had the opportunity, the privilege to talk to one of my all-time hunting heroes, uh, Trent Fisher from Born and Raised Outdoors. And he was kind enough to have me on their podcast, The Born and Raised Audio Experience. If you haven't checked that out, you should check it out after this episode, of course. Uh, But uh, not only did he have me on, he also was kind enough to share the audio with me and encouraged me to put it up here on my podcast. So I am uh, pleased to bring you guys this conversation. Uh, We definitely talk about a couple of hunting stories uh, and we just sort of have a great conversation about new hunters and and kind of my mission to help new hunters get into the game. Uh, And of course, we talked a little bit about my book, which you can find at latetothegameoutdoors.com. Anyway, I think you guys are going to really enjoy this conversation, so let's get going. We are live, live and loud. Guys, welcome back to the Auto Experience. Um, today is a, is a cool show because it's something a little different. We're normally, we're talking about uh, tips and tactics or whatever from a standpoint of things that, uh, that we can teach you or that, that mistakes that we've made, right, in the past. And uh, today we got Eric on. And Eric, just tell us a little bit about your background and kind of what you have done, which is very, very impressive. And, and I, man, we'll get into it deeper here in a second, but go ahead and give me a, give me a brief overview of you. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I believe the medical diagnosis is adult onset hunter. Um, so <laughs> I, uh, I grew up a, a city boy, grew up on a golf course. Uh, I apologize, I'm embarrassed, but it's just what happened. Uh, and then uh, married into a hunting family, uh, which just rocked my world because uh, I- I'm pretty sure, as far as I know, my family didn't even know anyone who hunted. Like, it never came up. It was not a thing. Uh, and then I suddenly met this girl, fell in love, met her dad. He showed me his den of death, which was the most terrifying thing I'd ever seen. Uh, but it also <laughs> just just captivated me. Like, oh, I've got to know more about this. Uh, and he he patiently brought me along and you know gave me my first uh cow archery cow elk tag for christmas the year before i married his daughter and i mean just set me on this path to uh that would absolutely overtake my entire life the cool thing is so you've made it a goal to actually try to cut those steps out for other people correct is that i mean while you wrote the book we'll get into that and everything as we go but uh, correct like trying to trying to to shave down the time of entry right yeah absolutely i i I keep running into and talking to guys who who are just just like me they're like hey thanks thanks for putting out this content i'm also late to the game and uh uh and in a lot of cases they don't even have the the family connection or the built-in mentor they're just they're just on the internet trying to figure it out and head out to the woods and all their friends think they're crazy for suddenly trying to go do this so i'm just trying to the, low, it, the barrier to entry seems so high. So yeah. I'm trying to do everything I can to like, it's actually, I mean, hunting is always hard, but it's actually like simple. You only need a few things and you need to just get out there and like, here's what you need to know. And you're going to screw up over and over and over again in a bunch of different ways, but that's part of the process. So just enjoy it. And eventually it's going to start to click and you're going to find some success. 
I love that too. I, I exactly what you're saying. I love that just because of the simple fact that it's what we do. And I, I mentioned it when we started, it's like taken for granted a little bit because we were taught by our dads at a young age, you know, this is what you did. This is what you did. This is how you procured meat for the family. And this is how things go, you know? And so we, yeah, it can be hugely taken for granted, but on what you just said is it's not as hard as people would think it would be, especially, I mean, okay. So let's, uh, let's flash back to 1985, 1990, no internet, really nothing like that. I mean, now there's so much information out there, whether it be Onyx maps, you know, so you can know exactly where you're going for safety, whether it can be shoot all the content that all of us put out of going, okay, I need to know the wind the thermals are doing this in the morning, this in the evening, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. It's just, I think it's really, really closed that barrier to entry gap down to where it's, it's easy for a lot of people. I, I think so. There, all the information you could ever need is out there. It's, it's sifting through it, I think. And, and you get, you know, I remember for, for a couple of years, I would watch and rewatch stuff on thermals. Cause I'm like, hold on. I think I get it this time. Uh, but it's just like when you haven't been steeped in it, you're just try, like it, it can be overwhelming. And so yeah. also trying to like to weed through, OK, that's a cool thing that I'll probably need to remember six years from now. Yeah. Uh, but, but right now I'm focusing on, you know, these other steps that are further on the more like fundamental level. Yeah. What was that feeling like? when I'm assuming it was the cow elk hunt that your father-in-law, that your father-in-law awesomely got you. What was that feeling like when you, when you were successful? I'm assuming you were successful. I was not successful on that. One. I was not successful. Uh, okay. no, no, it took, it took a while. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I would love to lie to you right now, but uh, no, <laughs> every hunt successful, right? Every hunt. Yeah. Exactly. So go through the steps of like what it took for you personally kind of going through and trying to get to where I don't know what weapon you chose. I mean, as far as that goes, kind of walk me through what that thought process at the age of. I was 20 on my 20. first time. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So there was, I was just a, uh, I was a newborn baby deer, just uh, <laughs> no idea. Uh, didn't know anything. It was just fully like placing my life in the hands of my father-in-law. Uh, and so he just started to set me up. Like he had, he had his first bow, which was, I don't know, like an ancient PSE sure. uh, that he tried to like set, you know, flinging aluminum arrows. Like looking back, knowing what I know now, like I had no business being in the woods chasing anything. <laughs> uh, but he, uh, yeah, he just kind of, we spent that summer trying to get me dialed in. I had never shot a bow. Uh, I had, I had done just like target rifle shooting before. Uh, but so he, he basically got me to where I could hit probably, you know, like your paper plate out to 30 yards was my oh, absolute max. Uh, and, and it was, I, I don't know what my draw weight was, but I was a scrawny kid back then and it, it was not high. <laughs> he had to dial that thing back pretty far to get me to be able to draw it. And, and he just, just walked me through, like we went out to where we were gonna hunt and he likes to hunt out of a tree stand in this okay. spot in the woods. And so he kind of built me a brush blind further back in the woods. And, and I just remember him marking off, uh, like with flagging tape, I didn't have a range finder. So he's like, Hey, here's 10, here's 20, here's 30. And his exact words, like if it's past 30, don't even think about it. Great idea. I'm like, okay, cool. That, that's what I need don't to know. And don't even grab your bow. Yeah. Don't, don't bother. You're just going to wound something and embarrass yourself. Uh, <laughs> and, and just all these little things I did, like the morning of the opening morning showed up and we hiked out in the dark. And, and that weekend, we showed up the day before, 
Uh, and he was just like, oh, hey, I put your broadheads on. Like, what are broadheads? What are you talking about? Like, oh, I didn't even know. Uh, he just, he was just kind of spoon feeding me. Uh, and then that, that first morning, I, I, again, was not successful on that hunt, but had the, to this day, what might be one of my closest elk encounters that I was sitting in my blind. So stupid. He told, he pointed to this like little drainage. He's like, they usually walk up here. They come in from this way. And so I just sat looking that way. Like, okay, the elk are going to come from there. Uh, and it was early and I dozed off also like an idiot. And, uh, I'm awakened by this screaming bull. Oh, uh, and, and I turned my head and directly 10 yards directly behind me is this bull and six cows who just walked in. My blind was right next to this barbed wire fence. So they just stopped at the fence and he ripped this bugle that I almost wet myself. And then now I'm like trying to both wake up and figure out how to shoot one of these cows. Uh, I did not have an arrow knocked cause he didn't tell me sit there with an arrow knocked. So I'm like trying to bend and twist and pull out an arrow you know the jig was up they they jumped and, and tore sure. off uh and when i recounted the story to my father-in-law they were all these, he's like you didn't you didn't have an arrow knocked like you fell asleep you, like all these things he just had that look in his eye like this kid what am i doing bringing this kid to the woods he has so much to learn oh, uh, he was incredibly patient but uh yeah that that hunt uh it, it just sparked i mean even being unsuccessful that encounter was like oh my gosh this is incredible i need more of this yeah. Um, yeah. That adrenaline dump, right? Um, just like, it, like nothing, like nothing else I've, yeah. I've ever experienced. So fast forward, how long until we got our first animal? <laughs> uh, I got to do some math here. Uh, carry the two. Yeah. Yeah. I was, <laughs> was I, I was like, it might've been a decade. I was okay. 30, okay. 30, 31, maybe. Right. Um, and some of that uh, like life happened. We moved away for a couple of years. Like I, all that. There were a few unsuccessful, mostly desert rifle mule deer hunts uh, sure. that not only unsuccessful, but like those, well, we spent a weekend, we camped, we had rifles. That was all that happened. Like there, was... we didn't see anything. <laughs> um, oh. And uh, so finally, uh, this, this is a rifle hunt uh, for mule deer. And we're actually hunting private land in this one where uh, my cousin-in-law runs this big farm in the middle of the desert outside of Phoenix. And oh, cool. uh, we, got we got permission to hunt it. And uh, we actually like put in the time and scout it, you know, try to pattern where they, where they are. And you, you know, you catch them exiting the private first thing in the morning, or you catch them coming back in in the evening and gotcha. uh, a whole comedy of error. It was, it, it wasn't a, I wish I could say like, Oh, deer came in. I shot, he died. It was great. Like it was a disaster, uh, but it ended in a, a, a dead mule deer. But, uh, Man, I so I bought a rifle because I had been using like a, a loan. My father and I was just like, "Hey, here's this old thirty out six I have. Use yeah. this." Um, and so when we drew this tag, I was I had been working towards like, "Okay, next tag I draw. Like I'm buy, I'm doing it. I'm buying my own rifle." Uh, and then I mounted the scope myself, like a moron. Uh, oh. Didn't didn't I was like, I don't need to pay fifty bucks for the torque, the inch pounds torque thing. Like I'll figure oh. it out. So yeah, way over torqued it. Had all this like inconsistent stuff that i'm like is that because i'm a terrible shot or is this the rifle <laughs> um, so the, the first day my father-in-law shot i think the biggest buck he's ever shot to this day that i spotted his antlers he was sleeping out in the field midday which was weird oh, wow. and we we set up on him and my father-in-law was like all right you you get the first shot but if you miss like brace yourself you're gonna hear a second shot <laughs> uh, and so sure enough I, he stood up i shot i missed i heard the second shot he went down, he went down. It, it was, yeah uh, and then while we're, while we're skinning out his buck, this other buck comes moving through the field a few hundred yards away. So I, I leave, I grab my rifle and run and set up, send three rounds, just, balls, just missed 
totally just spraying, spraying oh, and praying. Uh, miss, clean misses all three times, and he bounds out into the desert. So the next day, I burned like a whole box of ammo out away from the farm, trying to like, what is going on with my rifle? Dial. Like trying to get it like sorted out. And I got to, in hindsight, uh, knowing what I know now, I would have just like, hey, uh, Neil, I need to use your rifle. This thing, yeah, <laughs> I'm putting this away. But I, I had that stubbornness, like, no, this is my new rifle. I'm gonna make it work. Uh, yeah. So I so I have eight rounds uh, with me in possession, uh, and, and the the gun had a three round attachable magazine. So I hike out. We park the Jeep and our blind is like a half mile away. I head out with four in the gun, three extra in the magazine. And I have this one loose bullet that I'm like, what am I like? I'm not, I'm not carrying this. I'm not Barney Fife. This is dumb. Uh, I'm just going to leave this in the Jeep. Who needs more than seven rounds to shoot a deer? Uh, which is in literary terms, foreshadowing. So I, uh, I move, we get out to our blind. Uh, this, sure enough, as the sun comes up, these, these, I see this line of bucks and does moving on out to the desert. There's this massive four by four just sitting on the farm road right next to the fence about to hop over. And we are facing due east. So I set up on him and I've got massive glare in my scope and I keep shifting everything, trying to like get a clear sight picture. As I'm fighting with the sun and dealing with that, I send three rounds at him, all three miss. Father-in-law's father-in-law's just looking through the binos, like calling out, like missed low, missed left, missed like he's just so beside like. I, I can't imagine how annoyed he was at that point. Um, <laughs> and so I miss him three times. He bounds over the fence into the desert. And so I, like frustrated, I start to scan this line. And here's this other good size three by four, just moving with all these does in the field still. So range him. And at this point, I, I cycle mag. Like, okay, I've got one left in this mag. I cycle the fresh one in. So I've got this magazine with one round sitting next to me, fresh three in the gun. Miss him the first time. And every shot, like I miss, the does are flying around. And so I wait for another clear shot. <laughs> On the second shot, my father-in-law is like, okay, you hit him, but he's not down. Uh, in looking back, I had gut shot him. So he's, he's out, he's okay. hit, he's just standing in the field. By this point, the does are, are done. Like they've all taken off. He's just standing alone in the field. Uh, and I send another bullet. He's like, all right, missed low. Uh, I change mags again, that last bullet, put it in. Like, this is the last one I got right here. Like, I've got to finish this. He's at this point, you know, he's like three, three fifteen away. Uh, try to take my time, try to do everything right. Send another round. He's like, ah, you, you missed, you shot over him. I'm like, okay. But he's just watching through the binos, doesn't know. He's like, all right, you know, whenever you're ready, take your time, take your next shot, shoot him again, shoot him again. And finally, I'm just like, I, I, I'm out of bullets. I don't have a like, shot. Full, full on, like forgets the whispering, just like, what? Like, I, I'm sorry, I, I have one more bullet in the Jeep. It's like, looks like you're going back to the Jeep. Uh, so I, I leave all my gear, I grab the keys. He just stays looking through binos, watching the deer to make sure he doesn't run off. And Good I idea. sprint half mile back to the Jeep. And I, I'm not even like, I just hop in and drive the thing up to our blind, hop out, grab my one stupid bullet, pick up my rifle. And I drop down into the field where I could kind of crawl behind this berm and pop up closer to where he is. And I range him at 170 and I put that last bullet in and I'm like, this, like, this is it. I don't, I, I, have, I, have, do I have a pistol on my hip. So if this doesn't work, I got to charge in like John Wick and try to finish this deer. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, 19 deep breaths, like literally praying, like, please God, send this bullet where it needs to go. Uh, <laughs> squeeze the trigger and just, I mean, finally, like perfect hole right behind the shoulder. He just drops. Oh, good. Uh, and then, yeah, so I felt ter- like looking back on the whole thing, I'm like, this deer just sat out there, gut shot, like suffering, 
such an idiot. Uh, but coupled with that, like, okay, this this finally happened. This journey that started, you know, a decade prior. Yeah. Something is finally down. Like, I can do this. Uh, How did that change you right there as far as, like, did you feel remorse? Did you feel... Uh, how does your ethics at that point, like how have they changed from right then to right now? Uh, to right now, I am a lot more, uh, I hold myself to a much higher standard of knowing exactly what my gear is doing and what it's like, how it's going to perform. Yeah. Uh, so that like, yes, there was all the excitement of my first buck, but also like the way it went down and how many rounds, like I should never have been shooting that rifle at live animals. Like I, I should have been at the range beforehand like this is weird like these are kind of flying everywhere you know <laughs> but I, I need to you know i need to go to a gunsmith i need i need to figure this out right um, but at the time was just like nah we'll it'll be great we'll figure it out and so uh i, I don't let myself do that anymore like i stay <laughs> up on if there's any question like can i make this shot well then i'm not i'm not shooting it at an animal not gonna happen yeah no uh, i mean a follow-up shot there there's there's no rules for a follow-up shot but but a first shot like <laughs> let's I want to be dead certain I know where this arrow or this bullet's going to fly. Let's dial this. Yes. Yeah, oh, exactly. Exactly. What has been a big info? Like, uh, you wrote the book um, late to the game, right? That's the yes. biggest thing, right? Late, which I love that. I, I just think that's so cool. Um, what's been the biggest thing for you as far as learning wise and as far as, um, uh, developing to where you are right now? Has it been gear? Has it been mindset? Has it been, what would you attribute uh, a lot of that to? Um, I, I'm a, I'm a gear junkie, like most of us are. Uh, but even I would admit, I don't think it's been gear. Like I have better gear than I had, yeah. um, but it, it has been so much more mindset and then, and some tactics, like, like the biggest hurdle uh, maybe it's Arizona because I mean our populations just aren't what other places are. But just like finding animals, starting to learn how to pick apart an area or you know aerial imagery, and like okay, this this is where I should go. This is what I should be looking for. Because just so many trips of I spent yeah. three days out here, I didn't see anything. Like what yeah. what am I doing? Uh, you know, I saw some old tracks, so there have been animals here, but they're not here now. Um, so I think figuring out some of those those brass tacks, like tracking down animals. Uh, the process of that has also led to the mindset stuff of like, just being able to grind, uh, just those long days. Like I was, I was just on so a spring bear hunt where, you know, the days are 14 hours long and we are at a glassing point for 14 hours, just, <laughs> and, and friggin' Arizona bears. Like we have so few of like finding a bear is the accomplishment in and of itself. Oh, really? So, is it just, pretty yeah. tough? It is. I, I I just shot my first bear, and it's. I've been hunting bears for four years. Like oh, wow. it okay. just. Okay. It it is it is very hard, uh, but just that mental grind of like it's three o'clock, the Arizona sun is relentless, and like I, we were, my buddy and I were making shade structures out of our mid layers and trekking poles, like at, at two in the afternoon. So like, we're gonna sit here because these bears could pop out any time. But just that 14 day, you get back to camp. You're like, do I even want to eat? I just want to go to bed. Just uh, exhausted. Uh, and I know like er- earlier in my career, I would have been like, this is dumb. Like there are no bears here. I'm going home. Right. Uh, but but that grind and being able to just, 
you know, a two and to quote yourselves. It only takes one. Uh, it's so I'm just going to hang out. <laughs> and two, and having that fortitude and that knowledge of there's bears here. I've seen the sign or wherever you, however you went about it. It's like, I know it's just, it's going to happen at some point. It's just, man, it's being here when it happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It can't happen if you're back at camp or back oh. in the truck. Or on the couch. <laughs> you can't kill them from the couch. No, you can't. No, you can't. But I've tried. I've definitely <laughs> tried. Yeah. Oh, man. No, that's that's so awesome. And so where are you as far as now? I guess, I, you know, I was thinking just a little bit earlier about how things have changed and how with social media just alone, um, the quote unquote meat movement, if you will, you know, whoever, every, a lot of people want to procure their own meat, you know? And so, and um, there's a ton of podcasts, there's a ton of info and stuff like that on it. Like, you know, it's something to be said to be going out and getting your own meat. So I think, I don't think you're in the, you're alone, but what is your feedback then uh, so far, as far as like from the book and from just, just your knowledge and just gaining that, what is your feedback then? Uh, overwhelmingly positive. Uh, so I know social media can be an ugly, ugly place. Uh, yeah. Um, YouTube can be the ugliest. So, uh, you know, there's, <laughs> there's old videos of like, you know, some like bow comparison thing and it's just nothing, but like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, I don't, you know, you keep watching it and I keep getting paid from it. So yeah, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Say what you want. Um, Anyway, uh, that be, most of it is I get a ton of the like, hey, I'm just like you. It's so nice to see someone else. Who yeah, is that, just, that, just that's my out. question. That's my question. It's like there, there's got to be a bunch of people out there that are like, hey, I'm doing the same thing, too. Right. Yeah. So many more than I expected. Cool. Uh, like I figured I was like, yeah, there's, there's probably, you know, I personally know a couple. There's got to be a few more out there, but just an overwhelming flood of like, yeah, man, uh, I don't know what happened, but at 28, I just wanted to start hunting right. or, you know, 30 something. Or I, I get guys who I've had a couple that are in their fifties and they're like, yeah, I'm going on my third hunt this year. I'm like, good for you, man. Like That's get awesome. out there. Uh, and, and they're just, I, I think all of us are grateful to the experts uh, who just put out all this content. Uh, th there's also, a, I, I get a lot of gratitude from a, like, it's nice to see someone else who is not ashamed to be like, yeah, I, I, this was a bad shot, or I'm still trying to dial in my bow, or I'm like, I'm making these dumb mistakes along the way, uh, or I'm having these hunts, you know, I'll make a film where nothing happened, you know, <laughs> like, hey, I saw a couple animals and nothing happened, but I'm going to put it out there anyway, uh, because it, it just adds that realism, and th these guys have this like, okay, it's not just me, I'm not, I'm not cursed, I'm not a total idiot, like, this is just part of the process. It was, it's really cool. Like, um, our stuff. So when we did land of the free and we started posting daily videos, some of our best feedback, honestly, which I did not see this coming at all was their favorite times were when we didn't see here. Um, and we hiked, you know, we hiked 15 miles that day and didn't see anything, didn't hear a bugle, didn't do anything. And, and I'm, and I asked these people at shows and stuff. And, and when we get to meet people and stuff, I, why, you know, and they look at you and they say, because that was me <laughs> this last <laughs> yeah. season, you know, it doesn't always happen. It doesn't always come running into your bugles and stand there at 20 yards and you shoot it. And, it, you know, that's, that's the TV version, right? That's the every, yeah. every other show or not every other, but a lot of shows you watch, that's what happens every time it's supposed to happen like that. And it's just, it's those things that, it kind of surprised me like, oh, okay, that makes sense that, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's something that 
we always say on YouTube, you know, we try to show them what they're not supposed to see. We try to show the the blunders. We try to show the miss the mishaps. We try to show the getting busted by wind, and we even show when we've wounded an animal. And so, if someone can learn from that, if someone can take something from that that terrible terrible time for for us, you know, it's worth it's worth doing and it's worth showing, even if it does make you, you know, obviously, like you said, people are like, why were you doing this? What happened? Where were you thinking? Blah blah. You know, it is what it is. Everybody's going to have a keyboard comment, right? But. Um, <laughs> yeah. But if someone, if, if, if someone in that whole comment thread said, Hey man, I really learned from this. I did this and this differently, you know, because I saw this, that's, that's, that's what it's about. I mean, that's what it's about. It's just us helping each other as outdoors people and as sportsmen, as, as hunters, I, I think it's a big, big thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I I'm, I'm the same way. I, I watch land of the free every year. And so I'm just like, I'm not, uh, there's a temptation probably for some to like, okay, let me skip through to the thumbnails with a, with a grip and grin on them. But uh, yeah, yep. I'm like, I, I want to see that day four of like, these are the experts who are out there. Like, I don't know. There's yeah. no elk here. We got to move on. No, that is a fact. And you <laughs> try being us at that same time going, we are supposed to be these experts guys. <laughs> and it is not working. Everything we're doing is not working. And you're just so, oh man, it can get to you. You have to keep that positive attitude, and that positive outlook or else it just eats at you. Yeah, absolutely. So. Are you a new hunter or even a guy with some miles under his boots who's still just trying to figure it out? I get it. I've been there. I'm an adult onset hunter who spent the last 15 years learning how to hunt. And so I wrote the book, How to Hunt, A Total Beginner's Guide to Hunting Big Game, as the resource I wish existed all those years ago when I first started. Whether you're planning to chase elk with your bow in the west, or you're hunting for whitetails back east, this book will take you from knowing absolutely nothing to your first harvest. It's packed with hunting stories and plenty of those times where I royally screwed up You'll leave with a sound strategy for hunting big game and have plenty of laughs along the way. Grab a copy today at latetothegameoutdoors.com slash howtohuntbook. Well, cool, man. Um, so where where do you go from here? Where, where are you? Like, what's your perfect world scenario? What's your what's your end game? Like, is it is it teaching people? Is it sharing your story? What, what talk to me? Yeah. Uh, End game is a strong word. Uh, I, I think I'll just keep uh, keep growing and developing as as it goes. Uh, and you know, as as content creators, we constantly have you know the ever evolving note in our phone of oh, I could do this or I should do that. Um, but uh, but the biggest part of it is to keep to keep taking bigger and better and you know newer adventures. Uh, keep tackling new stuff um, and documenting that process along the way, um, and trying to continue to like. Most of what I create is bent like from this bent of how can I help that new hunter uh, or that guy who feels overwhelmed, either inspire him or or just uh, just make it make it seem less unachievable, yeah. you know. So uh, so there, I mean, there's a whole list of ideas, but just aimed at I want to take as a hunter, like I want to go try new things. Like I'm I'm doing the high country mule deer thing in Utah this year for the first time. Sweet. Um, I, I don't love heights, so I'm going with my buddy, trusting that I'm not going to fall off the mountain or slide down an avalanche chute. Um, but but we'll figure that out. And uh, uh, so trying to keep tackling those new adventures and, and bring other people along for the ride, and then also, you know, I have ideas for like setting up 
challenge setting up new challenges like what, what if i stripped all my nice gear away and like okay if i started with nothing how cheaply could i go hunting Dude, uh, I, and, like, I, documenting I that, that process yeah i love that we've always talked too about just like okay how can we okay you say you have a 500 budget i need to buy a bow i need to buy all these things <laughs> yeah. and arrows and everything it's tough to do when hoyt sponsors you and they say uh well, sir, why are you buying a, you know a different bow and why are you doing this it's a little little different in that realm and so we've kind of we've kind of tried to navigate those waters but our biggest one of our biggest things was like buy tags and not gear you know I mean, absolutely gear we went for years and just uh our you know kind of a boy scout backpack and the um you know whatever it may be that you got on the just the pack frame sometimes with a with some kind of a duffel bag or something on it that had your lunch or what, you know, whatever it may be and uh, super, super cheap and everything. And I, I think, and it's so easy for me to say, you know, because I have all the best gear that it's probably offered on, on the market. So it's so easy for me to go, well, you don't need that stuff, you know, but it's on my back, you know, and I'm wearing the yeah. nicest boots, not, you know, and it's so hard to like really tell people that. And they're looking at me like, yeah, Trent. Yeah, I see. I see you really went, you know, really, really went that route. And uh, so so to hear like somebody actually going out there doing it and stuff. And because there was years that we, you know, we didn't have any money. We just tried to sell DVDs and tried to pay for our hunts. That was our goal, you know, when yeah. we first started. And if it could buy a tag, we thought, man, the day that I, I'll be totally honest, <laughs> as far as uh First light. We were with First Light from the very, very conception of First Light. Anyway, it, it was uh, they sent us all a pair of pants and a shirt, and you should have seen us like Christmas morning. We were just like, no way. This is they just <laughs> sent us this. Okay, this is the awesomest day ever. You know, <laughs> we were just shouting it from the rooftops. You know, and it was just like that. That's what it was about. You know, that's what it was. It was cool to to see those things go into fruition. But before that, it was just cloth camo and let it rip. You know, that's yeah. what you hunted in. Yeah, my, my first successful bow hunt was uh, I was shooting a $400 ready to shoot bow. Uh, I was wearing mismatched Walmart camo. Like uh, I packed the thing out on, oh, I don't even know what this was, but my father-in-law had rigged up the plastic pack frame and like military surplus straps and belts yes. Yes. and literally ratchet strapped a front and rear quarter and the horns to it and hauled it three miles and I thought I was going to die. Like I was, I was not, <laughs> I was 90 degrees by the time I reached the truck. Cause that thing hurts so bad. Um, so I'm not looking forward to going back to those days uh, when I tried this experiment, but right. uh, cause I, I really love my EXO. Uh, it's not <laughs> but, terrible. It's not uh, bad. Yeah. But I but, think, uh, but it's so easy for us to say, and I think, and I think that's barrier to entry for a lot of people, right? I think that's barrier to entry for a lot of people that kind of come into the sport and be like, well, you see what that guy's got right there. I mean, he's got, you know, $4,000 worth of gear on his body at, at one single point during this hunt, yeah. you know, how can I do that? And how can I, and I think that, I think that's a big misconception, but yet as promoters and as sponsored people like myself, even, you know, we feed into that. We, we, so it's like trying to say, it's difficult trying to say you don't need that, but I've got it. But you, you don't need it. You could yeah. do it without it. You know, and so you don't need it's, it. It it's nice. It helps a lot, but you yeah. don't technically need it. Uh, Correct. Yeah, Correct. It, it's a fine line to walk for sure. Yeah, it definitely is. And then when you go about it and you screw something up or you blow a shot or something like that, then you look at it like I've got all the best stuff that I could use. And I still screwed up. Yeah, you know, it, 
I can't blame the gear on this one. This is no, all me. That's all me. And so I think it's an individual thing. Like I really commend what you've done as far as just taking it from the start and, um, and going totally all the way through and actually sounds like now being a very successful hunter and kind of learning the steps. Yeah, we're, we're working on it. Very successful is a subjective term. Uh, I definitely, uh, <laughs> I had, uh, I had some success. I started late to, I, when I, I started late to the game, the same year I shot my first bull and I, I got a, I made a film of like, it, it was, it was a whole lot of firsts all at once. And then I definitely hit like a slump where I, I was getting out in the feet. I was putting the time in and just, it just was not connecting. Uh, so there, there were, a, there was a couple of years there of like, I don't, I don't, I need to blows up shop. I can't, I can't do this, oh, uh, but just kept, kept documenting the process. Cause like, that's also a real part. Like you can, you can get some stuff dialed and then you know, it, just a number of factors go wrong all at once. And oh, you, you have a few hunts back to back where you're like, I, I don't know. I forgot how to hunt. So many things have to go right all in an order in order for it yeah. to be that, you know what I mean? What, what was uh, just name a few, just name a few things. What was one of the things barrier entry that you going through this whole process that really helped you and jump-started you, whether it be companies or whatever, as far as uh, gear or um, internet or what, what were some of the things that really and really taking you and, and jump-starting you? Uh, man, uh, a couple of things. One is, uh, one, I would have to give credit to a, a, a friend, and he's become a mentor of mine in the hunting world. I, I still owe so much to my father-in-law. We still hunt together. He's still teaching me stuff every time we're out. Uh, but I, I made friends with a, another local guy who's a content creator who's further down the road, both as a hunter and a content creator. Uh, and I met up with him because uh, he's he's kind of has a reputation as the Arizona bear guy. So as I was trying to figure out bears, I sort of stumbled upon his stuff. I was like, hey, we're in the dude, if I bought you coffee, could I ask you questions about bears for an hour? And, you know, that coffee turned into four hours. And now he's he's a, we hunt together multiple times a year now. Um, but uh, he's been awesome as far as just like hunting mentorship. Uh, great friend. Uh, the bear I just shot, I owe. 90% of that bear to him, <laughs> uh, if I'm totally honest. Uh, but you like, get 10. You get 10. I, I, someone had to pull the trigger and make the shot, and I there got to go. be that guy. Um, but uh, so I think having him has been great, both from a I mean, hunting friendship and even the business side. Like, he's further down the business side, and so he's always letting me kind of pick his brain and, and That's cool. he weighs in on, here's how I would approach this or this company or whatever. Um and then I think I've just been able, I've been blessed to, to get in with, with a few companies that uh, I, I do a lot of writing uh, articles and, and whatnot. Um, and so I've had a few guys uh, like Mark from EXO, uh, the Argali guys, a uh, couple other, couple other companies that, that are willing to let me, yeah, let me write articles for them and, and submit stuff and that, you know, they, they push that out on their world and that, you know, funnels people back my direction. Uh, it's it, I think, I think it works out well for everybody. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and then just kind of slowly building relationships of, you know, the ambassador nature of, hey, here's here's X percent uh, and off and we'll, you know, use our gear and, and we'll kind of promote each other a little bit that way. And so just, man, I, I think I've tried to always stick with a, I, I don't want to be the guy who uses some or says he uses something that he doesn't actually like or doesn't actually use. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've passed on stuff and I've been, uh, good, good. you know, careful to just like, okay, would I, would I pay full price for this and use it because I think it's the best or it works real well for me. 
then absolutely I'll, you know, I'll carry your thing and I'll put your logo on a video or whatever. Um, That's but, awesome. Uh, but yeah, just try try it. What's most important to me is, is being real and straight up with, with my audience and with, the, I'm just always thinking of those people that are trying to figure it out. And I don't want to lead them astray by saying, Hey, you should shoot this bow when in actuality, I hate that bow. And I shoot this bow, like yep, yep. <laughs> just being totally. honest about it. No, I totally agree. You've touched on something there at the first, that was a mentor. And uh, we get this email, we get a lot of emails and we get it all the time is how, how do I start? What do I, what do I do? You know? And a lot of the times that what I say is like, go to your local bow shop. That's a good place to start, you know, and yeah. just shoot with some of these people or go to archery shoots and meet these people. There's guys out there that are killing things every single year They're, I mean, it's like their job, you know what I mean? <laughs> and there are guys that you would never think that would, you know, they're the guys that are just quiet about it. They just go out, they do their hunting and everything. And if you can get involved with some of these people and, you know, just pick their brain like you did, you know, and just say, Hey, uh, do you mind just showing me some things or on the range? Or do you mind, you know, and like you said, a cup of coffee turned into a, four hour chat, which turned into a hunting experience that changed your, you know, changed your hunting really life. Right. Yeah. And uh, it just, it's amazing those relationships and those friendships that you can make. And um, it, it's not that hard to do. It's just getting out there and putting yourself out there and maybe being a little bit vulnerable. Right. I mean, yeah. telling, you know, it's hard as, as, as humans and as, as adult men, I guess, to admit I'm wrong. I don't know. You know, yeah. I, those are our three least favorite words that I don't know. No one yeah, wants to say that. It's not easy, especially in a manly kind of a testosterone filled, you know, hunting, whatever, you know, I, yeah. you know, admitting, yeah, I don't know how to provide for my family. That's probably a pretty tough pill to swallow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think swallowing it is the only way to move forward, though, is to just is be like, uh, I'm going to take the mask off for a second and be like, hey, uh, I, I have, there, there are those guys who are on the other side. Like I have $4,000 worth of gear. I haven't shot anything ever. Uh, yeah. So like, you know, help me out. Or yeah. I think by and large, uh, there's always the one-offs, but a vast majority of the people I've met in the hunting world, whether it's the industry or just hunters, they're good dudes who want to help and are happy to share. You know, you, you can't always just like, hey, stranger, you want to go, can I go hunting with you? Um, but guys are always willing to talk shop or give a couple tips or point you in a direction. Um, yeah. You just, you just got to humble yourself and ask a hundred percent and be selfless. That's the whole yeah. thing. It's like, that's what's, that's, what's honestly built born and raised outdoors is, 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 you know, if you are selfless and you act and you don't act like, you know, everything, uh, man, it'll come back to you tenfold and you will always seems like, you know, be successful in what you do. If you admit, Hey, I don't know this, or I'm not the authority in this, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think, and even if you get hooked up with some, but you know, somebody is nice enough to be like, yeah, come hunting with me, you know, trying to, to find ways you can bring value. So, so my yeah. buddy and mentor, uh, he knows more about hunting than I might ever know. Uh, <laughs> and, but I'm always trying to, you know, as he's a content creator as well. So I'm always running his camera. Or he's like, hey, I got an idea for this shot. Like, takes it, like I'm trying to pay him back. And well, I can at least take a bunch of photos for you uh, yeah. that you can use down the road. Like, or I, you know, be the guy who chops firewood or cleans up camp or like. Sweet. I, I think that it, if you are in that position where you're you're receiving all this information and help from somebody, 
it, it, you may not be able to provide the same help back, but you can do something else to, to become like kind of part of the team almost. A hundred percent. What's his name? If you don't mind, Eric. I mean, it's oh, not, his, his name's Josh Kirchner. He's a, uh, his, yeah. his whole, his brand is dialed in Hunter. Um, okay. Is that his yeah, channel and everything on? What? Yeah, that's his channel, his Instagram. Uh, he's, he's, he's a great dude, it. great uh, great photographer, great great guy. Yeah, I, yeah. Everybody check that out. Dialed in Hunter on Instagram. Um, yes. uh, sweet man, what? Yeah, what? Do you have any questions for me? That's what I, it was. I had it written down here. I'm like, well, how can how could I help or how could I do anything as far as I just love the love what you're doing as far as that goes but as far as like the the questions like i said that i get online um is there anything i can do to help oh dude, wow i i should have prepared for that um i i do <laughs> oh here's here's a question i'm sure you get all the time uh i'm sure you have an opinion uh i have i have an arizona elk tag this year yeah um same tag i had in 2017 uh i i killed a bull in 2017 uh calls were not working there's a lot of the internet is flush with you can't call Arizona bulls, but I've watched you guys call Arizona bulls. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, did, did, do you have any thoughts on the Arizona bull conundrum and uh, and approaching them? So so everything that we do pretty much out of all the bulls we've killed, and there's been a few of them, we um, we've called every single one of them in, but I think two in our whole uh, on film. So and. <laughs> It's it's it, we've been very successful with calling. That being said, we've scared a lot of elk out <laughs> by calling. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where if you do something enough, something's got to stick, right? Something's yeah. got to happen. You know? <laughs> so no, but man, we were uh, we went. Uh, Steve had that Arizona tag here two years ago, and it was the most unbelievable thing. It was by far the most unbelievable elk experience I've ever had in my entire life. It was that wow. awesome. So, okay. and I don't know as far as units wise, what you've got and everything, and don't, don't say it on the air. I'll talk to you afterwards, <laughs> but as far as that goes, um, yeah, man, we called every, all the bulls that we had and he passed on quite a few bulls to try to kill a big one. He wanted a big one. And, um, anyway, and, and he ended up getting a, a really big, a nice 340, really great bull, but we called all of those in that being said, there was a lot of elk. And when you get into a spot where there's a lot of elk and there's a lot of calling going on, it doesn't always necessarily mean they're going to come to you. You can hear them all day long. You can hear where they are. They're going to, because a lot of that, when you get into those numbers of elk and in, in, in really, really healthy elk populations, all they're doing is saying, Hey, I'm over here. Okay. And now I'm over here and they're just voicing back and forth. It seems like, and they're not necessarily getting, you know, mad to come in and fight. They're just like, this is where I am. You stay over there. I'll stay over here, but it's pressuring those bulls. So getting on, cause they'll do a lot of that same stuff. You're talking with the mule deer. They're going to start to feed in the morning and they're going to start to head to bed and following those elk to bed is the biggest thing on that. So that's where your calling is going to come in really, really, really handy because we don't like try to fight them. If they're headed somewhere, we just follow them. We will bugle and just, just so we can hear where they're, where they're at. So we've got a good idea. Okay. They're headed this direction and we're just going to just keep hoofing and following. And they're going to go somewhere where their cows are going to go to bed. They're going to go at 11 o'clock or so. They're going to be getting to where they're just getting ready for bed. And then that's when he'll 
bed down his cows, and then he will give you some attention to the calls more or less. So that's what we try to do. It's just, it's just stay with them. Don't use it necessarily for right off the bat or, you know, trying to fight the bull or whatever you might, you know, use calling for in the mid mornings, but it's just locating them and staying with them. And then there'll be a time where he will, if he keeps bugling, he will get upset enough to come, come give you a look, hopefully. Okay. So that, uh, spree, if you don't mind springboard question off that, uh, the, uh, uh, so I've got the tags open for two weeks. Um, yeah. I can probably pop back and I won't be able to be in the woods for 14 days straight. So I'm trying to, I'm debating, should I hit well, them up early? What are the dates on that? Uh, I believe it opens September 11th, 13th, something, uh, something on the earlier okay. side of September. Uh, okay. Sorry, I'm trying to, I should know that off the top of my head. Uh, no, 10th, actually, wow. Yeah, it opens September 10th. Okay. So you're going to be um, starting that rut pretty good. If I only had seven days, I would go on the backside of that if I was you. The be- That's what I was. I was thinking about concentrating my efforts on the backside. And then maybe if I could swing it still popping up for like opening weekend or something yeah. before they've been messed with just to I know uh, figuring they wouldn't be fired up all that much, but, right. but they'd also theoretically be a little less cautious. Yeah. Yeah. We killed uh, Steve's. He killed, we called him a giant bull on the second day and to 23 yards and it was just behind a tree and that's when he would have definitely shot but we killed his bull on day eight is when we okay. killed his and they were just starting to i mean it was just getting better and better and better every single day and it was just ramping up to like it was so amazing man it was so amazing my other advice would be just cover ground fine i don't know what you're looking for if there's a certain uh, size or whatever you're looking for or just the experience or whatever but just keep covering ground. Those bulls, they're going to bugle a lot. And so what we did a lot is road bugle. I mean, we'd go all night and we would get up and we would just road bugle, oh, you know, a five mile section and then just place a, a pin every single where we got a bugle. Those bulls were back there in the morning and then we just hunt one after another after that. I mean, we'd be on bulls all day. It was crazy. It was crazy. That's that's a sweet strategy. I never thought yeah. about that. <laughs> Bulls will bugle all night long. That's a, I mean, you'll, you'll hear them. I'm sure at camp all night long even. And, um, but yeah, so that's what we would do is just half of our problem. Like with Roosevelt's is just, they call, they do, you know, they do the regular elk things. Just half the, half the battle is finding them, you know, and yeah. in Arizona, that was fairly a lot easier. Let me tell you that it was a lot. Uh, yeah. Our, our country is not as thick <laughs> as, as yeah. where you guys are hanging out. <laughs> yeah, you guys have some incredible elk numbers and and just uh yeah, for elk wise, I don't know about other management, but elk wise there was there's a lot of them, let me tell you. There was a ton of them. <laughs> oh, dude, that's awesome. You're yeah. going to have you're going to have so much fun. It's going to be a blast. So, well cool, man. Um what else? Anything, brother? I I don't think so. Um No, I I, I got nothing. <laughs> I just, man, I just commend you on what you've done and, and just for taking those steps and for actually uh, getting outside the box, right? It's tough, I think, for all of us to admit, yeah, I don't know how to do something and how can I, how can I do this? And then sharing that with everybody, man, I think it's super commendable and, and uh, I'll definitely, definitely refer people to, people to you and stuff. So oh, it, it's Thank awesome, you. I appreciate man. that. It's really cool. It's really cool. How can everybody get a hold of you, man? Uh, yeah, uh, pretty much everything is under the late to the game outdoors world. Uh, so okay. you go to late to the game outdoors.com. It links to all my stuff. Uh, there's a link for the book right up at the top of the page. 
Um, uh, the book's called How to Hunt, A Total Beginner's Guide to Hunting Big Game. It's on Amazon, but you can find it through the website. Uh, and I'm most active on YouTube and Instagram, which are both late to the game outdoors. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much, man, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Dude, thank you for having me. It's a, it's an yeah. honor talking to, uh, talking to the expert. No, <laughs> no, no. That's the whole thing is we're still not experts. We're just keep trying, right? We all just keep <laughs> yeah. trying. Amen. Oh, that's cool. All right, brother. Well, thank you again. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hunting Stories. And if you want to stay up on what we're doing with the podcast or anything else going on with Late to the Game, go ahead and check us out at latetothegameoutdoors.com or give us a follow on Instagram at latetothegameoutdoors. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.